What's up, family? You're listening to the Don't Kick My Cones podcast with Coach Brown. It's the official podcast of the Highland Park Senior High School football program in St. Paul, Minnesota. What is up, family and friends? We are on episode five. I cannot believe episode five already. This episode is called How You Do Anything dot dot dot. I will be finishing that sentence. Um, But we had an interesting week. Um, We had guys that I felt like were not as focused as they should have been in some areas. We had some people who were really locked in. Um, You know, uh, offense had a rough one, a rough go. And we'll talk about that. Uh, Defense played well enough to win. Special teams contributed, you know, significantly to what was going on, but also contributed significantly to why we were um, seven points down. So I think um, a way that you can describe this game and we'll get into more detail is a day late and a dollar short. We came up five, I think maybe six yards short before of taking it to overtime. And I think the way we play, it favored us, but that's what happens when you don't do what you need to do. Don't kick my calls. Don't kick my calls, dude. All right, so the toughest thing, and, I, and I've said this many times, from, from last season to this season, the toughest thing about sports, and I would say really anything in life but sports, because that's what this podcast is about to support, is consistency. It's about being able to replicate the good things, to eliminate the bad things, and to do those every day, to carry over and to build on from day to day, from week to week, from month to month, from year to year. And I think, um, you know, last week really, really showed that, you know, on our, um, so we had the holiday, um, you know, we played a really physical game against Southwest, so I didn't want us to go right back to practice on Friday. So I was like, you know, no lift, no practice. People did need to recover. Um, Then we get to Monday and historically, just to be honest, it's never been a well-attended practice and it's never been any good practice. So I was like, you know, instead of us having a situation that was just frustrating, we're on the holiday, fine, take your time with your family, and let's come back focused. We come in Tuesday. Um, I think the defense is fine. You know, they're a little bit out of shape because um, just for all the parents who end up listening to this podcast, just so y'all know, I warn them against sitting on the couch all the time. Um, that guys, I don't think they believe me when I'm like, when you don't move, um, you desire to not move for longer periods of time and then all of a sudden it'll be days and you will have not done much and then when you got to get back in it i mean it is brutal it's brutal to try to go from what we do and how we practice um to go go to that from being on the couch for four days and so there were some guys who admitted they did not do the active rest piece that we talked about but look you know that's not fully in my control right i I know i'm not their parent i'm a supplement at best you know um we we all as coaches are are supplements to what is going on at home and so i don't try to control everything they do instead i try to help them have make informed choices um because one thing they'll learn over time and um i can't wait till we can schedule something with uh andrew so we can get his kind of feedback on actively how his experience is going and also talk to Maddox about actively how his experience is going in college because I think guys do they get it twisted they get this idea that you know there's all this free time and all that and it's like nah most of most of your days are decided by football and um, from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed other than when you're in class like but even when you go to class and how your classes are structured is built around that and so 
I'm trying to have them make informed decisions and not just do it for them because it, it doesn't stick. It doesn't stick when you just make it happen. You have to, you know, I think motivate people to um, make those kinds of choices. And so I know that's the messier road, but I want a road where our guys are successful long term because they are choosing to do things versus being made to do things that they don't understand. So anyway, we get to Tuesday and that is an abysmal practice um, from the offensive standpoint. The defense, um, the defense, I think at this point, I think they know what's expected of them um, early on anyway. Um, people don't believe it, but it's true. Defenses are always ahead of offenses. It's just um, because of so much of their work is reactionary. A lot of the work that they end up doing is a lot of if then work and um, reaction work. So everything in go full speed. There's, you can't think that much about things um, because there's not much to know. Um, until you get into your more sophisticated stuff, which is what we're getting. We're getting more sophisticated because we've been able to really grasp our base things and we're able to build on it. I think offense is tough because it requires so many things to go right. It requires people to be on the same page. It requires good communication. It requires uh, players to be locked in. And we just weren't. Um, and, and, you know, and it wasn't just the players. It was the coaches, too. There was a um, little bit too much bickering. Um, and, and stuff that spilled onto the field where I had to really, you know, nip it in the bud and be like, look, if you can't figure out how to communicate in a meeting room and on a phone call um, and it comes to our practice field, this just may not be the opportunity. Right. And so there was that. Wednesday comes, we have our no sweat day. And, you know, this is where, you know, culture becomes important. So I, I had just been speaking to a group in another place at another organization and um they were talking about like the organizational culture and what they stand for and what they're trying to get out of the work they do and <clears throat> and the staff member talked about yeah you know and i believe in all those things it's just when we get these projects and it comes to crunch time you know i'll just have to take over because we got to get that thing done and the thing i'd said to them was like crunch time is actually the time where you lean into the culture even even though the culture may sometimes conflict with deadlines or with external organizations, you have to lean into the culture because you're trying to build something significantly more sustainable than kind of the thing you're doing right now. And so No Sweat Wednesday after a holiday was definitely me leaning into the culture, knowing that, you know, we have, we still don't, we're not 100% where all of our guys are eligible, right? We have a very, very kind of small number of people that are ineligible now because of academics. And um, I'm very proud of that because, like I said, you know, we were when I got here, 33 people were failing at least one class. And, and we have that way down. You know, we have that way down. We're really um, we're down to two. Right. And, and some of those were are just carryovers. Right. It wasn't that um, we had like new people, but we had to lean into No Sweat Wednesday because it is a part of our culture that if we want to build a program where every player is college ready academically, socially and athletically you have to invest the time and that means investing the time even on the short week because it was the second day of school this is the best time actually to send the message that we care about academics but it comes with the risk right because that means we we, we didn't practice uh monday we had a very bad practice tuesday now we're doing you know study hall and the last 30 minutes we do a little bit of film and then now we have to go into thursday and really everything rides on thursday right from from our vantage point the defense had two days of practice the offense had one day of practice and we didn't even get to fully practice on special teams so we just practiced the ones that showed the greatest concern from the first week so we get to thursday and thursday's practice is better offense is moving defense is moving 
but I still wanted to see us be crisp and clean. And there was some, there was some friction. I'll just say it that way. There was some friction about the way that I wanted that to go. And, you know, to a degree I took control on it, but also, you know, I, it was a part of a mental note for me about, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to watch how this all goes down, you know? So, you know, we get, we get to the game, it's Friday and it's raining. <laughs> and uh, it's not super bad rain. Like the field conditions aren't sloppy. It's just enough rain to make things a little bit slick. So if you're if you don't have footing, times where you wouldn't normally slip, you're slipping. You know, um, yeah. There's just there's just oppor- there's just opportunity for things to not go well, right? Um, and so in in one of those things is we were a spread offense team. And so you know if we're not clean in in our operation, it makes it really hard in the in the weather. So we get to kick off and, and kickoff's nice. You know, we got food trucks, um, you know, our boosters have done a really great job. The fundraising committee, all, all the folks have just done a really good job of making the game day nice. Uh, Coach Andrea has been making some really good connects. Um, and we have like a game day personnel person. Um, you know, uh, one of the one of the other booster parents connected us with um, an announcer who's awesome. Like, right, like the, the, the boosters and the parents have done a phenomenal job of adding value to the program experience in meaningful ways, right? To the fan experience too, in very meaningful ways. Like we had games, we had um, swag. I mean, it was just everything. So just really, really good job by the parents, by the boosters, you know, all that, all the volunteers that have done a phenomenal job. And so it's it's a little bit drizzly, it's all that kind of stuff, but we're we're fine. Like I, I feel I'm uneasy. I think I'm uneasy just because I'm always uneasy before games. I I'm kind of going through the mental checklist of the things I need to do to make sure that I'm sharp and attentive and um, prepared to make adjustments um, between quarters and between halftime and all that. And um, yeah, it just feels a little bit weird. And, and when I say, you know, there were some guys who were not focused, you know, the number of conversations I had, I mean, I had a lot of them, shockingly, actually, um, with people about jersey numbers. Um, which I felt was like, you know, it was a little bit indicative of like, we definitely do not have our mind kind of on the right things. Um, you know, people showing up and being like, hey, coach, I need game pants. And it's like, nah, you have game pants. Well, I do, but I left them at home. That does not help us, right? Earlier in that day, I get an email saying that we had a student uh, leave campus before school was over. Um, and, you know, it, it was disappointing because literally the day before I had just had a teacher reach out and say, Hey, me and my colleagues were talking and, uh, and I read it to the team actually. Um, and I, they're like, me and my colleagues were talking and you know, your guys are so great. You're like in the past, we, we maybe weren't all that excited to have football players in our class. And now teachers are not only excited, but they're bragging and, and kind of arguing about who has the better ones. Right. You know, that, that's a culture change. And so I was very, you know, pr- very proud coming out Thursday. We won on the field, we won in the classroom we won in our community we were very happy about that and then to come back in the very next day we take a step back because we got people leaving class we have people unhappy with their numbers we have people who don't have the appropriate equipment and it's like uh, you know um, the way I like to say it sometimes it's like we take two steps forward and then we fall down the stairs you know um, it's just like even even a one step back would be better but it's like it feels like we have to take a quantum leap or we we just stumble for for a longer period of time than I like um and and I don't know some of that's just being young right like football is tough because teams are massive you have lots of individual different personalities every single one of those personalities will do something different but it all affects the team 
And I think that's the piece that we still have to keep impressing upon our guys is that what you do affects the team. So, you know, this is the backdrop to we get to that game. So, you know, we do our stuff. Um, really nice intro for the team. And then we get to kick off. Um, and the, the other teams are kicking off to us. We're receiving the ball first. They win the coin toss. So we, um, we receive the ball. And uh, just like <laughs> against Southwest, um, three yards longer, you know, Melvin catches the ball. We had been working on it all summer. Um, we're not full speed until we see the crease. And then when we see the crease, we, we go, right? If you ever play Madden, we talk about hitting the R2 button, right? And uh, Melvin does that. You know, he he's about he's about 65%. He's, he's waiting for someone to get out of their lane. Someone does, and he goes, boom, makes a move to the right, bang, hits down the sideline, out of there, touchdown, 90 yards. That's how we open the game. And um, what an exciting way to open the game. This is two two times in a row. Opening kickoff, we housed for 87 against Southwest, and now we're housing it for 90 against Bloomington Kennedy. And it, and it was funny because we knew uh, Kennedy probably wasn't going to kick the Shea because he had just done it. Um, and uh, the, the joke that we have was, you know, if you um, you know they're going to go away from Shea and the only thing you're going to get with Melvin is he's going to do everything Shea did faster. <laughs> and so that's basically what happened. So 15 seconds into the game, we're up 7 nothing, And I should say Mia, uh, Mia finally got the kick in a real game and she – boom that thing so that was really nice so she you know she punctuates the uh the extra point we're good so now we go back on kickoff we do a good job go down and cover it um defense forces a punt you know we're we're flying high well um then the offense gets out and we start we're stalling a little bit we're we're just not executing it's just not clean then quarter quarterback uh, you could tell when you watch the film he's just trying to do too much he's trying to make every play a big play and you're like man honestly just Make every play the play that it is, you know. <laughs> um, some of them are meant to be big. Some of them are meant to be small. Just just let the plays be what they are. And so he and I spent a lot of time in the game just being like, man, I need you to be more decisive. I need you to let the play, whatever it is, let it be what it is. Accept what they're giving you um, and, and move on. And um, there were times where he did that well, and there were times where he just did not. And um, we ran out of opportunity uh, to fix it. Um, I think the big moment, though, came. Um, I think it was after their third punt. Um, we have a player go down, and he ends up touching the ball uh, on our punt return, and um, they get the ball on the five. And the defense actually holds. The defense actually holds. Um, but we end up getting a, a roughing penalty, and I don't know. I, you know, obviously, you know, I'm the coach of the team that got the penalty, so I'm always going to be like, I don't know about that one. But it was definitely one of those ones where you're like, you know, you know, if you're going to coach the guy, it's like maybe just touch him, don't push him, you know. But. It wasn't like it was something that was way late, um, but hey, you know, it is what it is, and, and the players and coaches know this. I do not allow anybody to complain. We just got to play through it. So they get a new set of downs, and they end up scoring. So it's it's frustrating, but, the, you know, we're still up 7-6 because we ended up blocking the um, extra point, and uh, just just so everybody knows, I talked about this in our, um, our film session on Wednesday. And I'd called. I was like, you know, I think Nick is going to get one. He almost did. I don't know who ended up actually blocking it, but he got really close to blocking it. So he got really close to blocking it um, a couple times. But um, so now it's 7-6. And um, we're not tense. Like, we're fine. Um, but then it, things start to do start to get tense as the offense is just really not moving the ball. Um, and it's not that they're not moving the ball because Kennedy's doing something major. We're not moving the ball because whether it's a running back – you know, needing to jump cut 
to the left or to the right to find space. You know, we're running horizontally and getting tackled for, you know, two-yard gains. Um, me and the offensive line coach talked about it. It was like there were times where we think we're thinking like, oh, man, we're like, we're really doing work because these plays are taking longer than they normally should. But then we're seeing it's only like a two or three yard gain and we're like, what is happening? And when you watch the film, we're just not being decisive. It goes it goes back to me. It's like I think people were really trying to make big plays all the time instead of just like taking what they gave us. And you will actually see the difference late in the game between Kennedy and us is where Kennedy just really just makes the play that we give them. If we give them a gap, they just run through it. They're not trying to make moves. They're running as hard as they can. They're forcing us to make tackles. They're forcing us to make physical tackles to get them on the ground. Um, you know, and I'd say conversely, we're running upright. We're, we're, you know, we're not forcing people to like really bring it um, to, to get us down and we're not putting the pressure on the defense the same way. Um, you know, we have a lot of drops, all that kind of stuff. And so we're getting through this game and we're coming down to the fourth quarter and then all of a sudden we start clicking. Right, we get a rollout to the left. Ishmael makes a big catch, takes a huge hit, and holds onto the ball. Like, good job on his part. Um, we come back. Melvin has a big catch. Now we're rolling. We're running the ball. Shawan gets a good run. Jimmy gets a good run. You know, and now we're getting close, but we're running out of time. It's like 39 seconds or something like that. And so we know we got to take two shots at the end zone. Try to, you know, just get closer. Um, and um, two of those shots don't work. We run a rollout to our side. Um, quarterback gets hit they hit us for an intentional grounding because he's trying to throw the ball away at this point i lose my mind because i'm just like i always tell the quarterbacks to throw the ball at the back of the end zone when we're that close right pick somebody and throw it way over their head out the back of the end zone um you know he's again he's trying to make a play but it's just like again like learn how to give up on a play right is, is one of the things i try to get our quarterbacks to understand is like take what they give you and learn how to give up on a play because we got a lot of them so now we're on fourth down we're i think left middle um, closer to the left hash and we run a rollout play and um, we hit Melvin. Melvin catches it and he tries to turn up and he kind of gets stonewalled and we're about six yards short and there goes the game. Right of downs, they, they get the ball back, they uh, kneel down and uh, that's it. And um, we have to go through the lines and you know talk, I talked to coach um, from uh, from Blue into Kennedy and you know their, their team is very much improved you know they're, they're gonna go do some good work and I really hope they do well. Um, I got to talk to, they had a really good safety, got a chance to talk to him. He's a great kid. Uh, he just got so many offers and opportunities. I can't wait to see what he does. He's just a really good dude. And, um, you know, he was teasing me. He's like, man, you, you're not going to give me no targets, coach. I was like, man, they're in a way in a ham sandwich, bro. I'm throwing the ball to you. <laughs> um, even our players, when they saw him run to our sideline one time, they was like, that's the safety? And I was like, yeah, I told you. He's like a, he's a real football player. Um, and so I think the the thing that really kind of just hit us right um in that moment was like oh we we actually can't play around because i think there was like this hope that we were just going to get it figured out and, and i'm glad the guys have that but it's not just it's, things don't just happen you have to make them happen and you have to do the right things to make them happen and so we get everybody into the end zone i look at the players and i'm like I want you to let this sink in for a minute, just like you won. I want you to sink in that feeling of winning and what it what it felt like to have that moment. And I want you to sink, let this feeling of losing sink in and let you have that moment of like, you didn't get beat up, you lost, and that's a different animal. You lost because you didn't play smart. You lost because you didn't play together. You lost because you panicked. You lost because there's a degree to which the coaches didn't do a good job. Um, I would say at least on the offensive side, and I didn't, you know, I, I clearly didn't make it clear to one of our players that we were on 
punt return and you can't touch the ball, right? So I'll own that in myself too. And um, and so we didn't do a good enough job to help the players win, but the players did not do a good enough job to overcome their own mistakes. And so here we are, right? We're letting it all sink in. No one's happy about this. Um, you know, you would think we'd have got blown out the way everybody felt because this, this felt like the worst win because it felt so doable, you know? And so I, what I say to them is, um, this, this doesn't shock me though, the way that we played. The reason I, I say it doesn't shock me is because I've gotten an email from the, the athletic director that came from the principal that we had a player leave campus. And then I had another email that said we had people who were standing out and meandering in the hallways and weren't taking direction when um, they were told to move on or go to class. And it was a shocker, right, that we meandered around and didn't take good coaching um, while we were on the field. And we meandered around and we didn't take direction in school. And the thing I said to them is how you do anything is how you do everything. That the people you were in school were the same people that showed up at the game. And both of those people were wrong. And that's how we end up not getting where we want to go. Now, that doesn't mean that we're unhappy. What that means is this game exposed to us and it gives us the opportunity to realize that you can't skip days, especially when you have short ones. You can't skip days. You got to commit every day to doing the things that need to get done. And things don't just happen. You have to make them happen. And so if we learn from this experience, then we needed it. And I'm, I'm fine with losing that game. I'm fine with how we did it. But I'm super excited about what our future is if we can actually figure this out. So I'll let y'all know what happens next week. And now we'll take a moment to thank those that support our program and our podcast. Thank you to Meister Orthodontics, your hometown orthodontist. Uh, so many of our players actually go there, from my understanding, so that is really good. You can find them at MeisterOrthodontics.com, or you can go to their location at 1696 Grand Avenue, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55105. Also, thank you to Quarry Hill Advisors. They are a fiduciary, fee-only financial planning and wealth management firm. You can find them at QuarryHillAdvisors.com, or you can go to their site, 550 Vandalia Street, Suite 311, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55114. Also, thank you to Langford and Carl's Chiropractic, uh, serving St. Paul community since 1996. And you can find them at LangfordChiropractic.com. And you can also find them at 730 Cleveland Avenue South, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55116. Also, we want to say thank you to those that provide team meals. Uh, these team meals are super valuable for our players. It's an opportunity for us to come together, an opportunity for them to get a great meal. And so we're so appreciative. Uh, for this year, we have four set. We're going to have some more, but we want to say thank you to Mike's Tab on the Ave. They have been the best. We hold some of our booster meetings there. They've provided food for our team. They have just done a great job and been a great partner. You can um, order food from them at mikestav.com or you can go to their location at 472 Snelling Avenue South, St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, 55105. And here's the thing. Um, they have a little outdoor area. It's really dope. They have really good portion sizes. You should check them out. And, and the servers are really awesome, too. Like every I've had nothing but good experience at that Mike's Tav. The other spot is Groveland Tap, your home away from home. Uh, you can go uh, to grovelandtap.com and order food there, or you can show up to their site, 1830 St. Clair Avenue, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55105. Again, Groveland Tap, same deal. Really good portion sizes, really good food. I love when they use that little parking lot space and they kind of have picnic tables out and umbrellas, and we've had meetings there. And again, their service have been awesome. Food's been good. Management's great. Just honestly, you know, like the same deal with Mike's Tap. Like, Groveland Tap has done a phenomenal job of just being a great partner to us. Um... Thank you also to our partner, Tiffany Sports Lounge. Uh, TiffanySportsLounge.com is where you can find them. Um, and you can also go to uh, 2051 Ford Parkway, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55116. 
Um, and Tiffany Sports Lounge is awesome. We've had a number of uh, coaches' outings after games there. Um, wink, wink. I'd love to do some of podcast stuff there as well, uh, if y'all are listening. Um, but, you know, Tiffany is a definitely a, a community kind of like pillar, and uh, it's a great place to go, great place to hang out, good food, TVs, it, it, the whole nine. So definitely check out Tiffany Sports, Sports Lounge, um, or you can order food online, or you can show it to their spot. And then finally, uh, Buca di Beppo. Um, and you can go to bucadibepo.com or you can visit their site, 2728 Gannon Road, St. Paul, Minnesota, 55116. Same deal. Buca hooked our team up. Lots of pasta, lots of breadsticks, lots of chicken. Just really did a good job of, of supporting. So every single one of these spots has been great. We frequent them. Um, like I said, we hold meetings. We do our outings there. Um, and so we're just so appreciative of them uh, supporting us in the program for the people that have financially supported us and for the folks that are providing meals. Thank you so much. We could not do this without you. Thank you again for listening to the Don't Kick My Cones podcast. Uh, We appreciate you tuning into the episode. If you like it, please share. Tell people about what's going on. Uh, Go visit our sponsors. Get engaged with what's going on. Eat at their restaurants. Patronize their businesses. They are awesome for what we're doing. And as always, don't kick my cones.